if they if they are no longer pointed at one end and they're just basically a pommel and like sort of, are they a sword? Are you a sword? If you were once a sword, are you always a sword? I think you kind Someone of added to the a, a way to uh, classify it because if it's a, a sword that is not really a sword, it could be a sort of a sword. Of. <laughs> I think <laughs> <laughs> every joke you tell that bombs gets the <laughs> from now on. Even Everyone's when we laughing. go to Beastmaster, even when we go to Hawk the Slayer, you're no, gonna no, please. Get... <laughs> I, it will bring me such joy to have only Christopher Lambert laugh at my jokes <laughs> <laughs> until someone else comes has a better laugh. Here we are, to be king with the princes of the Back to Sword Boys, cut by cut. We're here talking about Highlander Cut Seven. I'm Robin. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rick. Welcome back, Sword Boys. Oh, Woo. this is the shortest cut of the movie that we're doing so far. But hey, it's all—he's a grower, it, not a shower. It's yeah. all in service sure of having the final fight of the movie all in one episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are. There's no set- fight in this. We're sacrificing a little bit now so that we can have a lot of fun in the next episode. There's in a fact, mommy, there's a mommy daddy grunt fight. That's the only thing we're going to have in this. <laughs> so a real epi- sword fight. Wait, no, wait. So episode seven, it begins at one hour, 32 minutes, 54 seconds. It ends at one hour, 42 minutes, eight seconds. It is just shy of 10 minutes. It begins with Brenda and Rachel once again, locked in the eternal conflict between retail associate and customer. And it ends with Rachel bidding Connor goodbye as he takes the most dramatic elevator ride you've ever seen. Mm. That's when you want to push that down button a lot faster. It's like, yeah, get <laughs> it a bunch of times. This is really I, close, close. I keep telling Julia that like the door close and door open buttons do something. And she keeps saying no, because of fire codes. Those are just placebo buttons. Like the door has to stay open or closed for like a certain amount of time. It's either fire codes or ADA compliance or something like that. But I keep saying like, no, if you press the door close button, the doors will close faster. And something we've always disagreed over. Hmm. Only there was a way to figure that out. (laughs) Wait, you mean like experiment, like, like do multiple (laughs) elevator rides just go to the same place a bunch of times and change the way you push the buttons. Yeah, I don't know about that. With a that seems like too much effort. All right, just keep arguing. <laughs> when you guys well, get divorced over this, I don't want to hear about it. Okay. Yeah, trust yeah. me that that you don't want to get into elevator that's, talk because that's, that's how Robin got divorced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a good uh, one. This is a this is a. There's no action except like bedroom well, action. Yeah, but what's your definition of action? <laughs> Well, mine or my wife's oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. short, intense and quickly done or brief, brief. <laughs> but yeah, we are in the reception area of Nash antiques. We've been here before, but I feel like it's like more brightly lit in this scene. Than- mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Brenda's reception area in a few minutes, but we'll talk about this. Re- <laughs> I'll talk about Nash's. Oh, you mean yeah. my grandmother's uh, foyer? Yeah. Yes. This is where we are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we have Karen here. I mean, uh, Brenda, uh, 
who literally like grabs the phone out of Rachel's hand. That's rude. Like pretty. it really reminds you that at the end of the day, Brenda is a cop and cops hate having their authority challenged. Cops hate people that were in World War II, as we know. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really unfortunate that the only interactions that we ever see between Brenda and Rachel are these back and forths where Brenda just wants to talk to Connor and mm. Rachel will not allow Brenda to talk to Connor. If they would just talk about literally anything else besides it would, Connor, it would we pass would be the able. <laughs> yeah, it's such a low oh, hurdle yeah. for them to talk about literally anything well, else. What else would they least... these two talk about? Like, I mean, really? I like Brenda could walk in and be like, I'm interested in this antique. And Rachel would be like, well, here is this antique. And then Brenda could spin that into, oh, by the way, where's Connor? And then we could get just a, le- a couple of little lines of dialogue of them not talking about a guy. And we would jump that little hurdle. How much well, of what? this do you think that they actually, how much money do you think this antique shop actually makes? And how much of it do you think is just 430 years, 450 years of, 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 of money. That's just of real estate monies. How much do you actually think this place makes? Like, are there actually like real, real antiques other than this one room and his babe layer of shows or things like that? Like go to customers wandering in and out, you know? So you make, you make Connor McLeod go to a trade show, like a, Like that thing, what's, the, what's that one where they always talk about somebody's watch from the Civil War? Um, Antiques Roadshow. Oh, Antiques Roadshow, yeah. yeah. I think he yeah. sits there with every wine and he tries them. He's like, whiskey from 1487. <laughs> it was cloudy that day. How do you know this? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is he much of a socializer or is he send Re- Rachel off to do all this stuff? Oh, man. Oh, I imagine that Rachel does all of the legwork as far as keeping up contacts because the whole idea of having a midtown Manhattan antique show is or an antique store is that you have high class co- clientele who will come to you and be like, oh, I'm looking for a credenza from late. 16th century France and Rachel will be like, Oh, I'll put that on the the hunting list and go out and find yeah. it for you. Type of thing. I mean, uh, I, I hate to say this. Is she kind of a fail son? Is, <laughs> has, has he just kind of set her up with a fake job that doesn't really matter if it makes any money? Oh, I don't think she's <laughs> like, a fail son. I think she's a Nepo baby. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. Not, not by blood, but just, right. you know, no. by adoption. Can you be an adopted yeah. Nepo baby? <laughs> Yeah, Rachel. So yeah. she got this job only because he found her as a foundling. Exactly. All right. <laughs> you know, I, he picked actually, her up and they bathed into waters under the minds of Mandalore. And they're like, <laughs> here's the antique shop. She's like, this is the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Rachel, you have to wear this helmet from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I I did notice she says Miss Ellenstein. So uh, they're, yeah. th- this is Consummate professional. not married. She's not married. She's... Yeah. Uh, She's also uh, like I'm like I'm kind of hoping that like Rachel had like a long, I don't know, like stretch of at least lovers uh, throughout her life, and then just dedicate her entire life to doing reception for Connor McLeod. <laughs> you know, I I think you're not understanding what a nepo baby does. I think she's <laughs> I think she has only done what Daddy Nash, Papa Nash has had her do. It's Although like, she's also in love with him. Yeah, which we'll get yeah. to. There's always there's always money in the antique stand. <laughs> <laughs>
Rachel, <laughs> go out and buy a vase. What could a vase cost? Like fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, he's had he's had guys. He's had like fifteen or twenty Rachels. He always <laughs> he finds these children. Hmm. He has them pick up shit off the ground. He then takes them and puts them in a storage house. And then 200 years later, he comes back and grabs them. Is like, this is now an antique. <laughs> like, uh, what's his face from uh, Indiana Jones? He, he you know, take this watch and put it in the sand. It is worthless. And now it is priceless. Yeah, I was so, wondering if you're you were calling her like a short round. Like she's she's a, she was a she, short round for a while. She is kind of a short round. Yeah, she's just holding on to her potatoes. What I, do you think they had adventures? Does the extended ridiculous universe have them going on like fun Dora the Explorer? I assume type <laughs> adventures around the world. Carmen like San Diego. So, we're starting to think that Connor got into like you know like the archaeology and exploring different places and not just like sitting at trade shows or just like going into other antique shops and being like this looks good. Uh, just going to auctions. Yeah boring <laughs> oh so he so he yeah i don't think he ever goes he would never go dig up stuff he's like i was literally there there's no reason there's no reason to go there if connor <laughs> took up archaeology it would be the equivalent of going into a room where you know you left your keys somewhere mm -hmm. and you just can't remember oh my god is it in this drawer is it under this pillow i've already checked like, oh, under the is. pillows brenda <laughs> i know it's not there i don't know what to tell you they were there 10 minutes ago or 10 years ago. And decades ago. <laughs> hey, it's kind of magic. <laughs> it's a kind of magic. Finding my car keys is a kind of magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, she's she's stonewalling her. And so, Cotter, like, slams the door open as he's coming. <laughs> Why is what he so angry here? coming back? Where's he coming back from at this I, point? I don't think he. I, I think he's coming back from the, the. I think he's coming back from the church where he met up with the Kurgan. Okay. Oh, was that, so was he's that the got, front door? That he came through? Yeah, yes. this is the front door of the shop. His apartment door. No, there's way oh, too okay. much. How could it be his apartment? There's fog behind him. The fog of his know. apartment. <laughs> I don't look too closely at these movies that we talk about. <laughs> and uh, the the really the highlight of this entire scene is this round room and this shot. This is a great shot. The uh, it, now we know this is oh, a set, the right? The, con the 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 sex cave. Wait, do they have sex in here? No, they, they don't oh, have no. sex in here. This is his brooding pit. Yeah, she stabs him in here. He stabs her in another room. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, I love that. You know, yeah, it, it starts off with like a bong, like an organ crash. Oh, it's a bong. All right. Bong. <laughs> dong. The, the camera lowered from the ceiling, and we watch Brenda walking around the room. And I love like Brenda is honorary sword boy because the very first question she has is, "Are the claymores real?" Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm dying to take a closer look at this collection. I, I have so many questions. Like, why? What are the snowshoes for? What was the significance <laughs> of keeping a pair of snowshoes there? Maybe he was in the Donner Party. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. I assume that he was part of every major horrible thing and good thing that happened in the, in the world. I ate everyone. <laughs> I ate everyone. I couldn't let them know I was immortal, so I. I don't even them. need to eat Brenda. <laughs> it still bothers me. That <laughs> immortals are like, oh, I'm so hungry. And I'm like, you shouldn't be. Right, right. <laughs> you can be underwater without oxygen. You can go without a meal. Yeah. What? What's the white flag with the flaming mountain about? I, 
Do we have any idea? It looks like a flaming blue turd. I can't. I can't figure it out. I mean, they go so fast. There's a. There's an American flag. I'm yeah. pretty sure there's a pair of lacrosse sticks. Yeah. No, are you, those are the snowshoes. The snowshoes. <laughs> no, no, like above the snowshoes. But, okay. But yeah, there's, there's so many shield. shields. Yeah. I love how the you've got claymores are arranged in a circle, but there are cavalry savers cavalry sabers between the claymores so there are more swords than you at first realize Um, now how did they shoot this let's talk about it they put the i mean there's a it's a hand it's a man it's a hand hand man there's a man's (laughs) hand because women couldn't be cinematographers at this time no no there's a man's hand turning this camera because if you watch as it starts to move when it first starts it kind of wiggles like someone just touched the camera Oh, really? And then follows Brenda. And then when it ends, there's another imperfection of human. As opposed to this would be now, this would be on a gimbal. Yeah. And you would yeah. lower the gimbal and the gimbal would know when to rotate it. Like she would have to they'd be like, beat one, two, three, go. You know, like she'd have a specific time. Uh, it's so a really so great many... shot. It, it's obviously a set because they, you know, they come through the top part. They're still lighting, but they don't obscure any of the lights. Is there somebody hanging Mission Impossible style with this camera? I, that's what I, I assume. No, it's way too steady. So it's on a pole. <laughs> it's on a pole and they're just turning it. It's uh, at yeah, an angle yeah. and they're turning yeah. it. Like right. take the robotics out of those automatic gimbal arms. Yeah, there's and no make robotics. it all gear and lever based type of thing. That's probably what they're doing. Because if you watch when they get, he says, I've been alive for four and a half centuries. If you watch real closely, the camera pans back because it actually went a little too far. Yeah, you kind of see the guy go, okay, coming back a little bit slowly. Like, no one notices. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like Brenda's reaction to that. Just kind of like a chuckle, like everybody's got their problems. Like she's not ready to believe this, but like there's got to be some sort of explanation for it. Like the archivist, mind blown. He's already like, there's immortals in the world, but she's still like, there's got to be another explanation. Of course. Or maybe yeah, you're part of a cult of of people that you know take over each other's lives over years and years and years. It's, you know, like your great grandfather did this, yeah, something like that. It's it's one of those. You know, I'm gonna go back. I am gonna go back to the imperfection. I, I am happy to see those imperfections. This movie is full of those little handheld imperfections. Yeah, and I love it. Um, I, well, I have no problem with any of the interactions that are happening with humans and cameras in this movie. <laughs> Because you, if you watch, I mean, like when you grab a camera, if you grab it too tightly, it can feel your heartbeat and it moves, it pulses. Mm-hmm. The camera totally. will shift. Same with a boom mic. Um, if you ever watched, uh, if you, I used to uh, work on this kind of stuff. And what you have to hold the boom mics, they don't hold them like, like you'd hold a sword. You don't mm-hmm. hold a boom mic like you hold a sword. You hold it with your fingertips because as you are holding it over, you start to hold it really tightly. It can feel your pulse. And so huh. you start to get up boom, boom. Oh, in the sound, in the sound. And the same thing can happen in your camera, too. If you're holding the lens, because sometimes you have to rack focus this. Hey, he had to hold the camera because he's trying to turn it. It, you know, it, it would actually, you know, as he was turning it back, you could actually see it kind of go, you know, he wasn't turning it perfectly. He had to like, it's kind of rack fun. focus is in the next scene. Oh, yeah. He racks her focus. <laughs> he focuses on her rack. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so I, I loved, I love this little bit of a uh, little sexual innuendo. The camera 
is still on Brenda. She looks down mm -hmm. and says, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> it's like facile weight all over again. <laughs> he throws his pants at Brenda. <laughs> and we get to see the rest of uh, uh, Ramirez's costume behind him. Yep. It makes I me wonder, that. like, when Connor buries Ramirez. He buries him naked. See, <laughs> yeah, he, bar he has to bury him in his yes. either naked or in his small clothes because, you know, I don't know if they wore undergarments in 1540, whatever. Right. Uh, but yeah, he, he buried him naked so that he could hold on to his outfit. And either then the that, outfit has been sitting around in Heather's house her entire life. So either yeah, just hung up, either he buried Ramirez naked or he did what we were talking about earlier, where he went back and dug up the body. Be like, oh, these are an antique now. They've been lying in the earth for however many decades. That's what he but... does with the antiques. He buries them with the people that he makes relationships with during the time that he's out there. <laughs> I'm going to bury some things with you, and I will be back in like a hundred years. <laughs> he, he meets a widow with a really big root cellar, and he's like, ooh, jackpot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to be friends with you now for a while. <laughs> This is a great, I, I love, I love this little moment here though, because, you know, he's explaining it to her. He's holding the dagger. He's offering it to her. Not and... a sword. Can we just go on record? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, sword boys. Not, not Very sword. much a knife. Yeah. And it's, it's a great uh, setup because it literally looks like Ramirez is standing between them with his head down, you mm -hmm. know, and it's like his ghost, it, almost like his, his advice is lurking in the back of uh, You'll always mind. be alone, Highlander. Yeah. Remember, Highlander, to hit it and then quit it. And then and then it's almost like he's like the, uh, like this ghostly priest in a uh, marriage ceremony, you know, as they're offering or he's offering his, you know, his secret to her, you know. Mm -hmm. So Connor being bored in 1518 means that at this moment he is 468 years old. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Next year will be nice. It's just like a immortal <laughs> to lie about his lie about his age. I'm four fifty and a half. <laughs> yeah, uh, born in the village of Glenfinnan on the shores of Loch Shiel, and I am immortal. And yep. then he, he stabs himself and, and falls and falls to his knees. So it's very obvious to me that Connor has been mulling over different ideas of how to prove his immortality to mm -hmm. someone, and I think what he's gone here is with either stab to the gut or maybe if it's a little higher i'm i'm not like i'm not an expert in anatomy so i i don't know You're like about when, to the, be. when the knife goes in i don't know like what it's piercing there but like if the knife goes into his heart that's a really good way to prove to someone oh hey i have a knife in my heart pulled it out i'm still alive ergo vis-a-vis -vis immortal uh, I feel like gut stabs are a little bit less. Right. If you stab foolproof. me in the gut, it'll hurt. And then I can still look at you and have sex. But yeah. It would be, it would be messy. A knife that big would, than normal. <laughs> yeah. A knife that normal. big on me would barely hit anything important. Yeah. I'd be like, like haha, you went through my two inches of protective fat. Good luck. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no internal really, organs were hit. It's a pretty fakey stab too. I mean, he like does the arched over and kind oh, of it's pulls the, the knife uh, off to the side. You know, it's, it doesn't even. Do they didn't have one of those uh, squinchy knives. Yeah, maybe I don't those know. Those kid, those kid knives. When I was a kid, you had pretend knives. You remember those guys? Yeah. Oh, one yeah. of those knives you get off of the uh, the giant wheel and knives out. Which honestly, Connor should probably have one of those. Oh, yeah. Oh, a knives I out mean, wheel. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I think I think they should he should also have the uh, Game of Thrones throne as well. So many Ooh, swords. Yeah. So many swords. There's so many swords. <laughs> I are they swords think, anymore if you melt them? But, I think yeah. it would have been a really good callback mm. if instead of giving Brenda a knife, if he had pulled one of the claymores off the wall and be <laughs> like, Oh, you want to see how real this is? Right through the gut. Mm-hmm. You know, because right. then you could have gotten the image of, oh, hey, you know, that sword is sticking out of his back. He is all the way impaled. And then when he pulls the sword out, oh, still alive. We're saving all that money for the end credit or the end, the end fight scene. We have no money left in the budget. So <laughs> we, we need you to just fake it. Well, there was they there was a scene and this could have worked if they kind of blended this. There was a scene they cut, which was supposed to take place after the next uh, part of this scene where. All right, I, I'm wait, I, I, I cannot wait for the joke that's going to pop out from this. Connor does finally show Brenda his katana. You guys going to jump on that one? No. And she gets to see the sword that she's been, you know, investigating and wanting to see. So if he showed, he's like, and this is the, this is a sword you've been looking for. And yeah. And then, and, and then. You know, it's instead of just the dagger, you know, it might have been more impressive for a katana to go all the way through him, the one that she's been looking for. But. Yeah, I think that would would have been pretty great. Um, yeah. Here's my because here. Mm, go on. It, go on. Rick. It finally would have given closure to Brenda searching for that specific. Yeah, katana they never talk about it again. She never huh. gets closure on that subject. Yeah, there. And and the, the I think that that because in later scene, they're at the fucking zoo. I don't know why. But, you know, it's like she's completely given up like the story, the movie, the 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 writing has given up on like, well, Brenda is now part of the fold because she had sex with him. So she no longer cares about the thing that she cared the most about. She didn't care that he was immortal. She wasn't trying to find an immortal person. She was trying to find a sword. That's all she's ever yeah. cared about this whole yeah. time. Uh, need I remind you, like finding a jumbo jet in the time of the Wright brothers. Like, yes. That's the significance right. of this sword. And it's not just any sword discovering but, that connor is an immortal and just getting so turned on by it as okay. completely obliterated yeah. her interest in i have a question stuff. about this i have a question about this yes they show very uh, the the um dinner scene has a little tension sexual tension sort of it's more brenda just has murder things in her house and he finds it amusing that she has murder <laughs> things in her house <laughs> Uh, but you know, and then later on, John Polito's going to come and finish her dinner, which takes away all sexual tension from any <laughs> any part of any. John Polito is a cooler. He's the cooler of any movie. He's the cooler. Yep. He comes in and uh, cools off the heat. I I wanted to ask in my notes was, is this love earned? I don't think so. Heather's love, I feel like, is earned. They have a chemistry. I don't know that these two have chemistry in the movie. These two actors, I they're I fine. They're fine. Like, it's fine because it's part of the plot. But I'm like, have they earned being this horny as opposed to s- as opposed to it being they could have kissed and it could have been something else. It's the 1980s. So the woman has to get naked and be in a sex scene. Boo. Not a great trope, not a great tool of writing, but it's the staple of all these movies. I'm just wondering, is it earned? We're going to see it again in other movies. These movies, unfortunately, sword and sorcery movies objectify women in, a, in a, uh, sometimes, sometimes, most times 
a uh, un, 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 unpleasing light. You know, it's, oh, you know, they're all sexy and they all, they're all in trouble and they all need stuff new. And, and I'm the one that's going to teach them bleh, gross. But I'm just wondering, you, you feel it's earned Robin. Yes. You feel this, you feel this love is earned. I, I feel like that is, I think she's been intrigued. She was intrigued with the sword and then she became intrigued with him. And then it's like, she's seeing, you know, and she talks about it at the zoo as well, you know, uh, how he's not exactly one to let someone get close. I mean, when she, she goes after him, she like cups his cheek and like, mm-hmm. and notices that, and, and notice that Connor like brings his hand up and he kind of keeps it away. Cause he doesn't want to get at this he's been warned by ramirez ramirez is standing right there it's like oh you know who else is standing right behind him he's got heather's clothes just hanging behind him oh he's really looking heather's at, clothes are there uh-huh, they're right there and her oh my hair God. he kept her hair too so it's hair and her, her hair yeah he can hear her shrieking like nah. <laughs> that's what he hears in his head right let's now. take this in the other room this is a little creepy every yeah. time i'm in this room heather talks to me so it's probably not a good place to go mac down on a woman yeah. But she kisses him. I, I feel like um, see Heather, he, she kissed me. It's not my fault. <laughs> I, I, I feel like she's drawn in by the mystery. And then she's like even more drawn in by how sensitive he is. He's he's almost like, Ugh. you know, like, oh, God, you know, this is I, I don't want to get into this. But he's but you can see he's like, oh, but I really want to. And then we have the who wants to live forever orchestral uh, playing in the background. Of course, she's going to be completely swept up in the moment who wants the bone forever you know what i was not fully on board with this pairing but robin i think you've convinced me um because you are absolutely right she spent so much time pursuing this mystery and then when he finally lets her in on the secret it's like oh he trusts me yeah you know and trust is an aphrodisiac i'm assuming and trust rhymes with thrust so (laughs) there you go so Sex shall scenes. we move on? <laughs> yes, we should. Let's get to the sexy. Let's get to the boning. Uh, so we do a, a, a sword sword fight breakdown here. <laughs> yeah, here I got a question though. A sex fight breakdown. Sex it's a fight sex breakdown. fight breakdown. I got. I I do have a question. My my first question is: Is that really her? In the eighties, we also have a lot of body doubles. And something I learned from Mr. Skin, who is a famous guy who has a website, and he also was on Howard Stern a lot. And he would never say, oh, you've never heard of bullshit. Wait, <laughs> that was an actual guy? Mr. Skin, yeah. I you thought know? it was just like a dumb name for a website. I mean, that's his. He goes by that. It's not, okay. it's, his name's not like, like Mr. Not like, Vincent Skin. He's not like a guy. Named Please, Skin. Mr. Skin was my father. My father was Dr. Skin. I'm Mr. Skin. Uh, but no, he. what he said was, he goes, if you don't see their face, most of the time, it's a body double. Because okay. why would why would an actress get naked in a movie and not show their face? They're if they're gonna get naked, why? And it's it and it, and it kind of blows your mind because you're like, oh, I never thought about that. I just assumed like just because so, like they, there's two different things. Sometimes they'll be topless in a movie, and that like the actor is like, that's fine. I'm not humping, so yeah. we have to get a nobody to come in and do the humping. Well, they're a body, right? I don't. They're, I mean, they're I mean, they're a no name. If it's a body double, I I really think it's a good one because I, I mean, I you could kind of see her. I mean, this is very much Top Gun silhouette. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that, it is her, but I I was like, it the choice of like it's really dark. Yeah, 
and also it's very very into i mean uh, christopher very top Lambert heavy take takes her nipple in his mouth yeah uh, i'm like i'm like oh okay hello yeah yeah and that there's even a moment where uh he looks like he's about to go down on her uh <laughs> and uh that's where the kurgan's also- head like lifts up from the window oh. in the background like, <laughs> yes Islander, yes get her get her uh, get that's, her that's what candy likes <laughs> candy she's got candy with him i'm right here watch closely okay <laughs> hold on to me tight because you hold me with one arm and you're hanging out the window with the other now he is more of a sensitive person i'm more of a oafish lout i don't like to i don't like foreplay anyway don't i know it there is a weird i will say there's a weird transition i watched this scene uh you know slowly taking in every Ugh. every beat gross Just, uh, because it's friend. like he kisses her goes down on her breasts and starts and then it kind of transitions and then suddenly she's on top and you don't really notice it at first no at first you're, you're like seeing, oh he has a very smooth ass <laughs> and, and then you see some hairy legs up behind that yeah, ass. i'm like oh no brenda, oh wow like, brenda it's been a while but <laughs> i wasn't planning on sleeping with him. i, I went like, to grinnell <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't planning on sleeping with him <laughs> and uh yeah and then they're 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 back to uh kissing again there isn't actually any uh thrusting really it's kind of rolling around naked bodies uh but um yeah he, he i mean if it's lambert and uh i forget what the actress is, it's, it's, is. you know it's funny <laughs> it's always the guy the body doubles rarely are not the guy mm-hmm. yeah the body doubles are, i mean i'm looking right now and i can't definitively say it's her because also when uh, when she her head comes up and her um hair is there it looks like a wig to me like it's like mm. fake like if they've just put, uh, put a wig on her this is how i feel whereas christopher lambert is like i'll be totally naked in this scene <laughs> i'm gonna totally put her nipple in my mouth and they're like yeah. oh no you don't have to do that christopher 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 no i'm 27 i want to show off my body <laughs> <laughs> yeah right uh boy yeah and I can find nothing definitive. Again, I had to go to incognito mode to go look up if she was the, because sometimes they'll say it, you know, there'll be interviews yeah, and they'll just be like, no, that we had a body double on set. And, uh, but a lot of times those body doubles, they never talked about, which I, that part of it's why I brought up Mr. Skin. It's fascinating that there is a secret world of people are like, I was naked in a movie. And they even own up to the thing. They were naked, even though they weren't. And it was a body double. And that body double is not in the credits. Well, that's unfortunate. They're just paid. So just remember that from all those childhood movies you saw. If you didn't see the actor's face, most likely it's not them. Most likely. So, I mean, I guess in the end, it's not that important to me. I'm not like. It's not important to me either, but it is interesting. And it's because we are, we joke around about, you know, we're going to watch a goofy sword movies. They all have a trope. And his naked, they put a, a scantily clad and or naked woman in the movie. Yep. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's it's funny that that's, it's interesting that that is part of our culture and part of the uh, the culture at the time. Because this was, you made movies about swords, you made movies about fantasy, and you made movies about half naked women. Yeah. It's just very interesting. And what you didn't do mm-hmm. is treat your sex scene like a political ad where the scene ends and then you got a little insert of Roxanne Hart popping up. You're like, hi, I'm Roxanne Hart and I endorse <laughs> this sex scene. 
Hi, I'm Roxanne Hart. I believe in sex scenes, but I don't believe in the captivity of majestic animals like the <laughs> like the African lion. This is <laughs> such a ridiculous smash cut from sex to the Prospect Park Zoo lion exhibit. <laughs> so weird. And so, oh, so they're in so they're in New York for this. They shot this in New York. So the Prospect Park Zoo is a 12-acre zoo lake located off of Flatbush Avenue on the eastern side of Prospect Park in Brooklyn, New York. So they woke up in Midtown and Connor's like, let's go to the zoo. And they drove over to Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. The zoo houses 864 animals representing 176 species. And as of 2007, it averaged 300,000 visitors annually. That's not that many, but I guess, I mean, it's a 12 acre zoo. Yeah, it's 12 acre zoo. So <laughs> very weird. What, what led, I mean, she stayed the night, obviously it was night time. Yep. He's a gentleman. And so the next day, the, he's like, oh, "What do you want to do? You want to go get some breakfast? He wants to get a bagel or a, a, a bagel. French? Uh, <laughs> how about the zoo? Why not? We can go to the zoo, sure." I think my biggest question is why lions specifically? Because they're predators. And the uh, the one thing that I thought of, aside from the lion being a traditional symbol of like majesty and strength, courage, justice, uh, the jungle, the Scotland coat of arms features a crimson lion. Oh, there's so, no way they thought of that. There's no way they thought of that. <laughs> they might've thought, okay, we're going to do a, a zoo theme. What animal should they be looking at? Oh, well he's Scottish and the lion is the coat of arms animal for Scotland. So we'll have him be at the lion exhibit. I assume they needed that underpass that the Kurgan shadow stands in more than they needed what animal it was. And it was just like, well, it's near the lion. So whatever, mm. this is what it's going to be. We need that little portico. Yeah. I also think this is almost a metaphor. They are. She, metaphor. She, is, she, she is uh, kind of arguing with him. Like, no, no, actually I, I, you have me in your life and he's like, I can't get involved. And, and meanwhile, we have a lioness and a lion, you know, a lioness chasing a lion around in a cage and I they, he's him. trapped in the cage, the, the cage that he's built himself because he let his secret out, you know, yeah. something, some sort of a metaphorical thing they're, they're mm. doing here. And, or, or they just needed a shot. And, and well, they, they must've had something. He oh, makes oh. a face. You remember he makes a face at the lion. Like he does the, yes. he does the Nash stare. Well, he he kind of wiggles his eyebrows almost like the lion growls at him. He wiggles his eyebrows and the lion breaks eye contact like Jesus. Oh <laughs> but I wonder if this is a yeah, this is like the stag. Like I didn't even remember this when we were talking about the stag. Like, oh, this is never going to come into play again. But what? Why does he why? feel? Yeah. Does he feel the energy of animals? Oh, he, he's got to like they introduced it earlier. Like it's. That can't just have been a one-off thing. So the lion's like, did you just have sex? I totally had sex. That's <laughs> awesome. And then walks away. <laughs> I think Sick. the lion and Connor are just like both looking at each other like women, huh? They're just <laughs> chasing us around. We don't we don't want anything to do with them. Uh, we just want to be the king. Just leave me yeah. alone. Let me eat my home. dinner. <laughs> yeah. They, they really don't lean as, and I know I've said this before in the stag scene, but they really don't lean as heavy into him being a beast master as they could. Yeah, and also I'm just hoping show, in the next movie, I'm sure we'll oh, remedy that. No, no, not the Rick. next Highlander movie. The next, 
Oh, I thought you meant oh, the next God. Highlander movie. I'm like, there's not even an animal. I can't. He name rides a hippopotamus to Zeist <laughs> <laughs> from the from the Brooklyn Zoo. It's really great. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, uh, to, oh, I just noticed they're not in the same place. When they turn around, they're in a completely different. This cage is in a completely different place than the than the shot. The next shot when they step away from that railing. Oh yeah, it's a totally different place. <laughs> they're Never, it's completely. It's completely yeah. They're in the middle of a freaking field right now. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly, there's a building. Yeah, there's a building to yeah. the right yeah. of the and cage, the, and the cage is more like a fence they were leaning on. Yep. Sorry. Maybe there's something missing here. Maybe no, there's nothing missing. I'm sure they wanted. So that means they wanted the lions. They yeah, wanted to show they the wanted lions. this underpass. So so yeah, there, it wasn't because the lions were positioned there. No, that no, underpass. it's just it's just because they're just. Like most movies, it's all fake, guys. Oh, God. <laughs> Nothing is true. And uh, yeah, there's the Kirkins body double, probably body double, right? Uh, standing in the shed because we don't see his face. It's, it's totally his body double. It's Richard Mole standing back there. When you're uh, when you're robbing, when you're robbing, when you're when I'm when robbing, you're, when you're robbing, <laughs> when you're wooing a woman <laughs> and the night after, where do you take them? Is there do you have a go to do you have a go to thing? For the for the wo- the post wooing, I mean, two of us are married, you know. So, but the other one has been married. So, uh, I'm just wondering, is there? But you're dating, so is it was is there is there is there a move? Do you have a move? Not a move. I don't mean a move. I mean a move. Like after, like do you go for food? Do you hang out in the house? Do you awkwardly pay them and let them leave? I mean, like what? What's the move? Uh. I, I I don't I did her like you know yeah, you know maybe <laughs> you maybe say like, you did her did no dinner dinner <laughs> you heard it too Rick right you you, you 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 definitely well you definitely want to make sure that you know that your other half realizes as special to you as it was to them so you make at least you make plans you're like okay so we get to see each other you know. I'm sorry. I was just distracted because I was like, I know there's something to do with like taking a girlfriend to the zoo, take her to the zoo. <laughs> what? No, there's guys no bit. Remember, I'm not looking there, for a what? bit. It's not a bit. It, I'm talking about like a different movie. Do you, is, Does this sound familiar to either of you? There's a movie where you take like a relationship zoo? advice where someone oh, tells another someone character. tells another character. Well, you, I sh- you should oh, take yeah. her to the zoo. You're right. I, I hear, well, it's a slur. It's you know, mentally challenged people, a uh, mentally challenged person likes the zoo. Do you remember that movie? It's, it's from Rocky. Uh, somebody oh. tells, tells uh, the, the, his boss, his gang boss's henchman, the driver or whatever, like uh, yells that at Rocky. To oh get my God. Dope, you're basically. right. He does. He t- t- that's where he takes Adrian to the so zoo. So that is 10 years before this movie. Mm-hmm. What's, is there a connection? <laughs> I mean, Rocky is the exact kind of movie that Connor would go out and see. I, I guess we take her to the zoo next. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rocky's not playing at the movie theater, so today we will go to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, I Connor's have a season joke. pass. <laughs> well, to be fair, I'm one of the, I built it. Not to brag, humble brag. I built this zoo. 18, in 1850. His first question is, do you like wrestling? No. <laughs> How about this? <laughs> Look, do you like going to pipe factories where they have lots of steam? No. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, the Kurgan is watching from the shadows, uh, realizing that 
uh, Connor is now in this relationship and has uh, let this girl in. She knows about him. And uh, yeah, he's not, he, you're not afraid to die. You're afraid to live. And then she tells him to take care and, and don't lose your head uh, before she leaves. And Kurgan is probably like, <laughs> uh, but my next it, body double question. Is that the Kurgan? Well, yeah, that's what <laughs> did they have? Trust it. Did they have him come to, did they have him come there to shoot the in silhouette? I am caught up on the idea because the Prospect Park Zoo is ticketed entry. You have to buy admission to get <laughs> into the park. So Connor and Brenda going through the turnstiles, no problem, paying their entry fee. And then up walks the Kurgan. <laughs> and the One, poor t- ticket well, taker at money. the window. He only like, has money. He pays for the hotel with nine numb. So like, he doesn't mind. He doesn't seem to mind money. Just the image of him paying entry to the zoo and that he's going through the turnstile and he's probably getting stamped with a little UV sta- ink stamp. So he's got <laughs> this a little is so koala. I can re-enter, right? <laughs> yeah. I can come back later. Um, I'm stalking my. Pr- oh, I mean, I'm uh, I'm here to see the uh, uh, ostriches. Uh, <laughs> I like ostriches. No, but this is this whole scene kind of sets up the idea that. Maybe it is true. Maybe it's maybe he shouldn't be in a relationship because his his Highlander sense is his Connor tingle is completely thrown off. Oh, yeah. When he is talking with her and try to work out relationship stuff, he is standing like, you know, 12 feet away. Why doesn't he sense her sense him at all? And then it's not until Brenda walks away that Connor's like, whoop, he's like spins around. Women are a distraction to to immortals. (laughs) Women be distracting. (laughs) Women be distracting. They do so much work in the Highlander TV show to expand (laughs) what the immortal tingle is like the, the range where it works is so much more increased and it's so much more intensified in the show. Like it's such an afterthought here in the movie because it's the force in the TV show, right? Yeah, it's it's just how it's downplayed in the story because Connor should be aware of where the Kurgan is whenever he's within like a 100 yard range. They're the only ones left, so yeah. they should definitely know where each other is. Like yeah. guys, the lightning guys, the yeah, the yeah, there was lightning last time they were near each other in a bog. Would, would Brenda like freak out if all of a sudden Connor's struck by lightning in front of her? <laughs> like, what the heck is going on here? Well, this is another thing I haven't explained to you, you see. Anyway, it might be somebody about. I can't believe the the, the gathering was almost at the zoo. At the, at the zoo. <laughs> zoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they could have done. Oh, the final fight is taking place at the zoo. And so they're fighting past. Hold all on. My sword's animals. not built yet. I brought it with me, but it's in parts. Hold on. Oh, timeout. Time, hi, immortal timeout. I'm calling a mortal timeout. <laughs> like parlay. They're fighting oh, near the uh, they're fighting near the lions and suddenly they like start absorbing the power of the lions. So they fight more ferociously and then oh. they get near the the alligators where they start fighting more slowly. But their strikes are like really fast and strong. <laughs> they lay on the ground and they flip around. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly they they stumble into the sloth house and they're just like moving really slow. <laughs> they go into flamingos and they just stand there looking at each other. Dude, fucking Pooping. nothing. Lots Pooping. of moving. They're standing on one leg trying to keep fighting. Flamingos <laughs> suck, right? That's a sword boys thing, right? Flamingos suck. We we yeah. could go on record as saying they very suck. easy to behead them too. Yeah, yeah. They're so easy. They're mostly head. No survival <laughs> instincts whatsoever. Nope. 
Uh, so shall we move on to uh, Brenda's apartment building? Yeah. Oh, well, and Brenda's uh, lack of fight or flight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, guys, you're a, you see someone that's going to murder you. One, he's eating a popsicle from the zoo he went to. Adorable. Uh, I assume I assume that's a popsicle he's had for the past hour. I was about to say, is that a regular size popsicle or is he just that huge of a person? He's that huge of a person. No, but it's no. At, at the point, he's he's been standing there waiting. Yeah, but she's got an armload of books. Where so the fuck did she go? <laughs> yeah, did she borrow a bunch of books? Like, I love this book, Connor. Can I take Can I take this one too? Uh, Why I don't you come back one. to my place, Brenda, and borrow yeah. some of my books? <laughs> yeah, hey, 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 before you go. Oh, that's what he did. He's like, uh, normally I make you breakfast, but I figured you would enjoy books better. So, what, oh, put the books yeah. in the car. How about that? Okay, here's what we're going to do: put the books in your car, which is outside, and then we'll go to the zoo. <laughs> This is my day I have planned for you, Brenda. <laughs> Connor's got like a George George Costanza thing going. He lets her borrow books, so therefore they have a reason to get back together later. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the exactly. relationship isn't over because he's got to get his books back. Take yeah. these See, first editions with you. <laughs> Brenda said, your, your problem is that you're afraid to live. And so as a way to refute that, he'd be like, oh, well, here's, you know, borrow some of my books. So that way, you know, we have reason to see each other again. So it's he's not completely abandoning his will to live, I guess, is the way I want to say that. When, when a crazy person is above you, why would you not just run back out the door, like down the stairs and out the door? Why would you run into your locked apartment? Yeah. So yeah. Brenda fumbles with the lock, gets in, closes the door, locks stops. the door, and then she stops and she utters the phrase "Mamma Mia." <laughs> Mamma Mia. Mama Mia. Crim- <laughs> criminally, she does not follow that up with "Here we go again." <laughs> or, well, that's a sequel line. She also yeah. didn't grab one of those katanas that's right next to the door. Okay, <laughs> one of the two katanas that are by the door. Any of the scimitars that are hanging up mm-hmm. in the hallway as she runs by them. <laughs> Mamma uh, Mia. <laughs> Also, this is a very British door, by the way. Uh, <laughs> this is New York City. Come on. Only one lock. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. British British doors have the knobs in weird places. Like where the knob is. The knob is like over on the side. In the middle of the door. And the panel breaks so easily. If she you found are, the knob last night. <laughs> if you are trying to break through a New York door, you got to go through at least one layer of steel. Oh, yeah. Like, seriously. Right. I don't right. care how old your building is. Just... You got to have better doors than this. Well, she does go for the gun, though. Oh, like a true American. Yeah. So God bless us, everyone. And where's Bedso? Wasn't he following her for a while? (laughs) Bedso was following Connor. He was not following Brenda. I thought he was stalking out. uh, Stalking out. Staking out. Well, he was stalking. I thought he was staking out Brenda because he was reporting to Moran about what Brenda was doing. Letso had to take a night off because Brenda's chicken parmesan is absolute shit. It is <laughs> the worst. So Bledsoe took a day. He took a personal day. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Kurgan Wait, breaks do the we door. see? Do we see the cops again? Nope. Are we done? Are we done? We're with- done with Moran and Bledsoe. Oh, they are gone. That was weird. I think- their last scene, I think, was the hot dog vendor. Yeah. We don't wow. see them after that, do we? I think Moran gets fired. <laughs> uh, poor guys. Well, um, I mean, if there's anything 
to take comfort in. It's the fact that there are no more beheadings after Connor and the Kurgan fight. That's true. They never right. find the head hunter, but the head hunting stops. Do you think? They, oh, do you think Connor leaves Kurgan's body? You don't think he like buries it somewhere and takes all the clothes and hangs it up in his <laughs> round room like he normally does with everyone who dies? <laughs> he at least grabs Ramirez's earring off of uh, Kurgan's jacket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh, so we're out into the streets of New York City, right? This is, oh, this yes. is New York City. Yeah. Does this movie ma- or does this scene of the Kurgan driving Brenda around the city remind you of the movie Death Proof at all? The idea of an immortal driver terrorizing an immortal terrorizing a mortal woman in the passenger seat that or death race not an immortal but you know it's very it's got that when he runs over those two people on the sidewalk oh Oh, yeah all right did you know one of those people is no who was it the first person the kurgan runs over is russell mulcahy oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah the director dies Uh, i mean that's pretty great so i speaking of other movies i wanted to bring up that in 1984, uh, presumably a year before this was filmed and two years before it was released, a little movie called Footloose was brought to theaters and it featured oh. a famous chicken scene. So <laughs> I have to wonder where where Connor is going to Rocky is the Kurgan going to Footloose. <laughs> I love that movie. It's about dancing. I love dancing. <laughs> What I really would like is if I could somehow save a town that didn't allow people to dance. Uh, that Kevin Bacon, he's a hero of mine. Yes. I wanted to rename myself the Kerren because that's Kevin. Anyways, too much to explain. <laughs> Let's see. Joke, explanation. It must have been a joke. Nice job, Robin. Wait, you that was the Kerren explaining jokes. He also said sorry. Okay, good. <laughs> yes, the Kerren, famous for his apologies. The, the one thing that's really hard to keep track of in mm-hmm. this scene is the cause and effect of all the different car crashes, because sometimes <laughs> yes. a car crash will happen and it looks like the Kurgan's car is involved, but then, then in the, the next car just shot, crashed. Yeah, they just keep going. It's very disorienting. Car accidents, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was muting when I shouldn't. Okay, I was trying to talk and then I muted myself talking and then I. All right. I'm, I'm back. There's one so, shot where the Kurgan drives to an intersection and is to the next intersection, but in the b- previous intersection, two cars collide. Yeah. New York. Am I right? I mean, <laughs> after right. driving in New York as many times as I have. Yeah, that seems right. Uh, that just yeah. happens because everyone's driving at full speed at yep. all times. Listen, when you're driving on one of the main roads going north and south on Manhattan Island, you will get several blocks in a row of green light. And if you keep your speed up, you can just keep going at a really good clip. Uh, Heaven help you if you're going east to west. I'll say that much because those get cut off way more often. Um, Speaking of New York landmarks, which we were not, but I'm going to use that as my transition. Mm -hmm. Uh, At one point, you get to see Grand Central Station in the background as the Kurgan is going down into a tunnel. Uh, He is continuing his strategy of driving against traffic, but because he is descending down into the Park Avenue Tunnel, a.k.a. the Murray Hill Tunnel, which, despite the Kurgan driving south, it is a north one way only. You know what scares me even more? Wow. They're not wearing seatbelts. 
<laughs> the car has really should has be wearing a, a seatbelt. I see it in one scene. I see it behind the Kurgan. Just, I mean, the Kurgan doesn't need to wear a seatbelt. But the other person, Brenda, come on, put on your seatbelt. She's sliding on that bucket seat all yeah. the way across, left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't really notice this until I looked up trivia. But you can see it. There's a there's actually a camera van that drives next to the car in a couple of shots. Uh, mm-hmm. Once uh, when he starts to play chicken, you can kind of see it from the Kurgan's point of view through the windshield, it kind of off to the left as you're mm-hmm. looking through I the windshield. It. And then bef- like when when it cuts to Kur- the Kurgan, like acting, I, I don't know how else to explain it, but goofy when he's like, Ugh! he kind of waves his hands around right before that. You could see uh, a shot of he- head on the, the, the car coming towards the camera and mm-hmm. off to the right of them is the camera van with a guy with his head stuck out of the top. Yeah. He's so staying, he's, like his whole kinda... body's out of the, out of the truck. He's like out the sunroof. Like, I wonder if they shot, I can't imagine they shot this like gorilla style because they had, had car crashes and stuff. Yeah, but they had to have gotten they because I mean I, I assume every night in New York they're shooting some some chase scene for a movie. Yeah, I don't quite understand how it works logistically, but <laughs> it's a good scene until and this has always bothered me. He screams the same way Brenda does, <laughs> and that so makes me go. Did they just loop her again? That's her. That's not him doing yeah. her. That's that's not the Kurgan making that noise. So I was like, what is this? Is this a high, uh, an immortal power that we have not <laughs> explored yet? We can feel the orgasms of animals. We can also mimic people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfectly. Perfectly. Yeah, she goes, shut up. And he, he laughs and goes, shut up. <laughs> and it's the same. I don't know if they. Yeah, that was a weird. That was a weird. That was weird. And I this mean, mu- you can talk about this music. The music bed of this is so interesting. Yep. Mm. Because the Kurgan is doing his another the Kurgan is doing another karaoke selection from his repertoire. Uh, first it was <laughs> Rock of Ages. Now it is the theme from New York, New York, which is often yeah. abbreviated to just New York, New York. It is the theme song from the Martin Scorsese film, New York, New York, from 1977. The song was composed by John Kander with lyrics by Fred Ebb. It was written for and performed in the film by Liza Minnelli. It remains it, one of the best-known songs about New York City. Wasn't it famously rewritten by Robert De Niro? Didn't he not take a credit, but he rewrote the lyrics of that song? So I thought there was a either an urban legend or something about that. In 1979, theme from New York, New York was re-recorded by Frank Sinatra for his album Trilogy, Past, Present, and Future, and it became closely associated with Sinatra as one of his signature songs. Yeah. And I think it was De Niro who helped facilitate that. Okay. But I thought I could have sworn someone was like, they didn't like the lyrics. So native New Yorker and lover of New York, Robert De Niro gave him some lines. <laughs> Cause you know, there's, there's, there's some shout outs. There's some local specific things said in the song, New York, New York. I don't know. And, and it's, you know, the song is only 40 seconds and they only have this clip. Yeah, it doesn't exist as yeah. a song. It's not a song. The story goes that Russell Mulcahy had to beg Freddie Mercury to record as much of the song as he did. It sounds so, great, but yeah, you're only yeah. getting. And if I can make it there, I'll make it anywhere. It's up to you, New York, New York. And that's all Freddie Mercury did. He <laughs> did not sort of, want to record the whole song. Some sort of uh, 
the song like ends, you know, the scene kind of ends with the song with Freddie laughing and then some sort of deep voice that comes in and goes, yum. <laughs> I think I don't this know. Is another Robin, like uh, a classic Robin misremembering of a, of a, of a word. <laughs> Smack my butt. I, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, the, the movie will prove me right. It's uh, not the Chicka Chicka guy coming in. Oh, yeah. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> bow, bow. Yo. <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> I like that Kurgan kind of takes, uh, takes after terrifying her, basically into a stone shock. Like, he now is like driving across the bridge and pointing out the sides of the silver cup studios going like, we're going there. Look at that. <laughs> it's like almost like a tour guide, you know? Yep. If you look so, over to the left, that's where they shot part of Godfather part three over so, the right is yep. where you'll find actually Godfather part three hasn't been shot yet. It's 1986. So <laughs> yeah. so we'll get there. You'll find me in about 20 years hosting the sex in the city tour bus. Uh, that's <laughs> if I make it through the night. So the Kurgan, yeah. the Kurgan is taking Brenda over the Queensboro Bridge, completed mm-hmm. in 1909. It connects the neighborhood of Long Island City and the borough of Queens with the Upper East Side in Manhattan, passing over Roosevelt Island. The bridge is also known as the bridge is also known as the 59th Street Bridge because its Manhattan end is located between 59th and 60th Street. I was feeling groovy, so I decided to take this bridge. Is that, a, for, is that another reference? Oh, good. You told me it was a joke. Thank you. <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel did a song called the 59th Street Bridge song. It's called Feeling Groovy. Just so, oh, just so you guys know, okay. I want to make sure it's known <laughs> that sword boys are also bridge boys because bridges are just roads that are swords. <laughs> you know this, right? No, I mean, I know this, but let everybody else know. Yeah. Roads are normally not swords. Bridges are like they stick out and protrude. They are swords. A, a bridge of a certain length is a sword. So it is bridge. We are bridge boys. Uh, it's another podcast we'll start soon. Right. Look, right. look next month for bridge boys. where We just talk about movies with people on bridges. Yeah. I think we're going to kick that off with bridges of Madison County. Mm-hmm. And then okay. speed. So Silver Cup. <laughs> Does Silver okay. Cup ever do any sword movies? The only one I can find that I would I would consider a sword movie, The Last Dragon. Ooh, that's Ooh. A, that's by the way, add that to the list that may need to be a Patreon. That's a damn good movie. Uh, I love The Last Dragon. I don't know if there's swords in it though, but uh, I thought I thought Shonuff had a sword at the beginning. The his trainer, or maybe it was an only an arrow. I could have sworn there was a sword. Does uh, that sword have to be active to be on our show? If it's just up on the wall. <laughs> I feel like the sword needs to be wielded at mm. some point. Held, like Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. No, if if we can't do at least one sword fight breakdown in the entirety of the movie, then it's not a yeah, sword. Yeah, it's got to be a sword fight. All right, um, all right, all right. But also, yeah, other uh, than that, there's no uh, gangs of New York. I think they have clubs and crudels of sorts. They don't really have swords. Crudels, you know, those you know, sticks, shillelaghs. I don't know yeah. what to call them, you know, kind of like a cudgel, cudgel. but pronounced wrong. Wait, it's not considered crudel, it's a cudgel, no, it's, it's a cudgel. Well, that's dumb, that's not a word. <laughs> crudel sounds mean. Well, that's a more of an important uh cudgel, it's, yeah. it's very crudel. The other goof in this scene, besides that joke, uh. <laughs> You're the only is goof the, in this scene. <laughs> is as he's driving across the bridge, you see sparks flying uh, as the car is supposedly causing them, but the sparks are also 
uh, being set off on the railing in front of the car before the car even reaches it. So <laughs> is he supposed I, to I be was, driving on the, uh, the sidewalk? Sidewalk. Yeah. Sidewalk. Okay. And because I, I, I was sick, I was like, "Wow, it, it, do they have to put like some sort of like new guard barriers up to show a car kind of driving recklessly across a sidewalk bridge? Like, what would they have to do?" To, and I guess they the car must have been small enough to drive down that sidewalk. And then they were just setting off sparks to make it look like it was, you know, crashing into the side. How many uh, people did the Kurgan kill in this chase? Not people in cars that hit other cars. Mm-hmm. How many people I'm going with three. Um, yeah. Two pedestrians and one motorcycle rider. We don't know the motorcycle oh, yeah. rider died. We just know he got knocked I mean, off a bridge, but unfortunately that bridge did not go into water. And he landed no. face first on a, it was he went right over that hand railing into I think a shard of glass factory. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. It's right next to the pipe factory. I gotta yeah. say what's that, really that... unfortunate is that it's also right next to a pillow factory, but mm. it's like the opposite direction. <laughs> that moment reminded me of like playing Grand Theft Auto. You'd always just kind of tap a motorcyclist, <laughs> tap, 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 and again send them flying, you know. Maybe it was just rest me. in peace. Yes. Wasted. <laughs> what I'm saying is it was the death earned. Was it a good death? I'd say no. <laughs> That's why we didn't end this cut at the motorcyclist. Yeah. Right. That's the most action. To... Other than the sex, that's the most action in this cut. So, so we, yeah, should we that, get back that, to the antique shop or? Yeah, or it is. More? No, that's the end of the, that's the end of the cut. Oh yeah. Not... Well, well, no, we get to the, yeah, we get to the. <laughs> yes. We are going back to the antique shop, specifically yes. yeah. the Connor cave. So at Silver Cup Studios, is the Kurgan, is there a phone connected there? Or does he have a cell phone with him? <laughs> this is my car phone, you see. Rich people have car phones. Is he still in the car of the woman who he ripped the top off of? Not not woman he Excuse ripped me? the top off of. I the ripped car. the top off. <laughs> that car. <laughs> Brenda's top was already off. <laughs> So I'm assuming that this is the car that he drove into the city with, that it's his where oh, he this keeps is all original? of his tapes and things yeah. like that. Oh, so he's like Dalton from uh Roadhouse. He has a nice car that he keeps, like he parks it somewhere else and then gets a shitty car and bring anytime I'm going to kill an Islander or an immortal, <laughs> I take my nice car, my 1978 Buick Skylark, and I put it somewhere nice. Yeah. I like it to be taken care of. Look, I like nice things. I enjoy nice cars, nice swords, trashy women, <laughs> popsicles, and the zoo. These are the things that I love. This is my love language. Uh, I wonder, I honestly wonder what Kurgan's, uh, like, I, I think in the end, Kurgan was playing chicken just to scare Brenda, not sure. to actually get into a head-on collision with another car, because yeah, I love my car. keep his he wants to keep his car nice, but also like, what's he going to do if he sends her like shooting through the windshield? <laughs> like, well, he could still he say was that her, a real screamer. <laughs> well, he could still say he had her and her floppy body could still be laying there and it wouldn't <laughs> change this into the movie at all. Actually, So the Kurgan would be weekends at weekend at Bernie's weekend at Kurgan's weekend at Brenda's weekend at Brenda's. <laughs> yeah. They're like, hi, Connor. I'm over here. <laughs> Like, Connor, we second. had such a good time having sex last night. <laughs> I knew that is you just doing a voice. You do her voice so well. I, I, you know, I'm not from here, so I can't actually tell if that's your voice or her voice. 
because I don't really know her that much. Because truthfully, I don't think we earned the sex scene, but we did it anyway. <laughs> what was Rachel doing during that sex scene, by the way? Did she, she's like looking up, looking up the elevator, like <laughs> she's just like she's down in the antique shop trying to make sure that vases don't fall over because the whole building is it's old, so it's you know. He's backed up 450 years. There's going to be some problems. <laughs> After She's waiting lightning. in the hallway with a mop. Talk about lightning. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, I'm quickening. Yeah, I I I'm quickening. <laughs> Did you know, Brenda, that I don't need to wear protection? I cannot get a woman pregnant. Maybe I that's also, what sold her. Also, I, I might knock you across the room. I'm sorry. I apologize up front. It's like that scene in Hancock. <laughs> punching uh, holes in this uh, roof of the trailer uh so what if what if he's an immortal but a terrible lay maybe like, that's why they went he's to the zoo. very out of practice he's 468 years old but the last time he was serious with a woman was like 400 years ago yeah like he probably doesn't know any of the new tricks the 40 year old version taught me if you don't use it you lose it <laughs> Maybe that's why the sex scene concentrated on the foreplay because he, he we know that as soon as the intercourse starts, it's going to be over real quick. <laughs> I need to uh, think about my fish tank. It's the only way I can last. It's disgusting, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I was wondering what that smell was. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, I'm immortal, so I don't actually I don't eat or I've notice. Got, I've got nose blind to it. <laughs> I've gotten blind to the stink of my fish. <laughs> Are they even alive? now the question as we start this last scene here i have for you guys is is connor listening to a message that came in while he was out or is connor screening his calls oh he's definitely screening his calls you I'm know not here right now please leave a message the big question is why is he rachel answering his phone at the beat is he just a george costanza <laughs> uh I thought this was Nash Antiques, but it says it's Vanderlei Industries. If Connor works here, I would like to leave a message for him. I have his woman. <laughs> Why does it ask me for if it's the jerky boys? Why am I being asked this? I'm looking for Connor Cloud. Of Connor, Connor. it's the Kurgan calling from the jerk store. They're all out of you. <laughs> Connor, it's your, it's your Kurgan. Kurgan Barry. <laughs> you, you, you know, know that, that woman no you've been looking for? That Listen to this. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, uh, can we just end there? <laughs> it won't get any better. Uh, oh my God. So, no, uh, there, there are yeah, moments I have. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel rightly observes that the killing has driven the Kurgan mad. Because when you focus on murder for however many thousands of years, that seems to dominate your sensibilities. It's not a polite thing for modern society. Brenda, he was he was insane 460 years ago. Uh, Rachel. But Rachel, long, who did I say? Brenda. Who the hell's Brenda? Never mind. <laughs> she'll, she'll come up in the next cut. Okay. Um, uh, uh, how long has Rachel known about the Kurgan? Like, to, is he like, is she like, well, he's out there. She's and, never known and, about and, him. Really? Like, what? Oh, let's go to the zoo all, and like, I'm going to tell you about the Kurgan. I mean, what? No, we're talking about Rachel, not Brenda. Rachel. Oh, Rachel. Miss Ellenstein. Look, I thought there was only one woman in this movie. 
<laughs> there can be only one. I tried to get rid of her, but now oh, Ra- oh Rachel knows everything. Rachel knows everything. Oh yeah. Okay. Like I could see Connor telling young Rachel chronicles of his time as a immortal as a sort of bedtime story be like and then i went to japan (laughs) and i fought a sorcerer and i sealed him in a cave or something like that you know this sounds made up daddy (laughs) this is gonna make a terrible sequel (laughs) did did i say i was an alien (laughs) yeah i came from the planet zeist yes (laughs) you can call me Starman. again it's the whole impossibility of the Kurgan is constantly looking for McLeod since this their first encounter, I'm assuming. And he's been in this building for like 200 years. He's got to let the receptionist know. And he's like, okay, he's really big. Just so you know, <laughs> like, in case this guy comes by and he says his name's Victor Kurgan. So there is a, you know, you know most bars, they hang out pictures of people who will not be served. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's Rachel's appointment book. From Chad Kurgan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, my other note was just like, oh, now he's mad. Now he's mad. <laughs> he's driven mad now. It's it, Or is she just saying he's mad after years and years of endless killing? That's, see, that's the thing. Question. He's so close to being done with it. I can see why he would be extra fanatic about yeah. it. Uh, I do appreciate Connor getting right down to business, not even commenting on the he's gone mad comment. He's like, listen. There's all this stuff in the drawer. It's all the paperwork you're going to need. You're going to have power of attorney. You know, basically (laughs) everything that Connor currently owns is very soon going to be Rachel's. And that is going to set her up for a very comfortable existence because by the way, don't go in the bedroom. There's some gross stuff in there. Just so you know, (laughs) I didn't clean up. Even, even if Rachel only sells. Even if Rachel only sells the stuff in the store, she's got so many more antiques upstairs oh, yeah. that she can keep selling. Like she's going to be fine. Right. Well, that brought up the question for me. Like if Kurgan won and he won the prize, does he also win power of attorney? If Connor mm-hmm. does it like does Rachel have it's, to work it's for the binding, now? It's binding legally. Also, let's <laughs> say the power of attorney is protection for Rachel should connor die because then if the kurgan shows up and he's like listen i cut connor's head off everything he owns is now mine she could be like not according to the law it ain't i know everything i own everything (laughs) you guys Uh, notice the biggest craziest part of this scene what's he wearing the trench coat is gone where's the trench the trench coat is not here he's worn it the entire movie yeah, he's wearing leather because it's stab and slash resistant. He went to the zoo uh, in the trench coat only. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I threw my pants at Brenda, but but that's why I'm wearing my trench coat. I don't know where they are. <laughs> I think I he's looking pretty cool home because I am a gentleman. <laughs> I think he's looking pretty cool. The the le- the brown leather. He's with the black long sleeve, the blue jeans, the white sneakers. Well, he's got yep. the same outfit he had on at the beginning of the movie, minus the yeah. trench coat. He has on his normal. This is my fighting outfit. He he even put his sword fighting gloves on. Yep. You notice, yeah. So and as someone who has watched now a bunch of Columbo's because I'm really been enjoying Poker Face, so I'm like I'm gonna watch Columbo. If you need to do murder, you put on isotoner leather gloves. Isotoner leather yeah, gloves yes. are the gloves of murderers. This is before yes. they had that. You didn't couldn't readily get plastic. There's one episode 
they're on a boat and he actually steals medical gloves. And I'm like, finally, this is the first time I've seen <laughs> medical gloves being used for a murder in this show. So yeah, uh, in the seventies and eighties, anyone who bought really thin isotoner gloves is straight up going to murder somebody. <laughs> so let's talk about why Russell Nash dies tonight. Why mm-hmm. is it like, even cause she calls him out. She's like, you know, even if, you win, you're not coming back. Why? Why is he not coming back? Why is he? Is it? Because I have a lot of, of outstanding debts. <laughs> I invested in a lot of savings and loans. Just trust <laughs> me, that's not going to go well. Is it because he's allowed himself to love and he's going to run off with Brenda, or Brenda knows my secret? We've officially broken up at the zoo. But now, like she's in mortal danger, I've really, really got to, you know, save she's her. She's in mortal her danger. Immortal danger. In wow. mortal. She's in mortal danger. That's, that's she good. is in mortal danger because his his spidey sense didn't go off, his Connor yeah. tingle didn't go off. She is in mortal danger. So yeah, is it because he's going to leave her, or is it because he's going to run away with her? Which do you think that uh, Connor is planning at this moment? At least I you truly know? wish at the end. It wasn't either of those things. And he lit a match and lit the whole building on fire with her in it <laughs> to take care of the whole thing. Like no, no witnesses. <laughs> and just like, and then after this, no matter what he does, he just strangles Brenda. And he just like, no witnesses. <laughs> he's been a murderer for 450 years. So the guy's got, he, like the Kurgan is also bent. That would have been an amazing last minute swing mm-hmm. to just turn Connor into just a straight up murderer, not even mm-hmm. a guy who goes around beheading other people because of an ancient alien pact or something like that. But Have you seen the movie cruising up... cruising is going one way. And then the end of the movie, you're like, I didn't see that coming. So the eighties are very big on just let's make a crazy ending. No one will ever see coming. Yeah. I'm glad he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I, I think that he truthfully is a, he's a bad dad. He's a bad dad. <laughs> so it, instead of saying, hey, it's a kind of magic, he should have just said, hey, I'm going to go out for cigarettes and I'll be right know, back and beer and I'll be right back. Just be right back. Isn't it? it imagine how this I, I love this moment. The the he stops in the elevator, looks back and winks and says, hey, it's a kind of magic. And I think I just, you know, you, just got, you love McLeod, you know, but it's weird how in the theatrical cut we don't have that flashback with Rachel in World War II. So here we're saying, oh, he's echoing what he said to her when he first met her. And now mm-hmm. he's saying the same thing when he's leaving her. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, what do you like when you're watching the theatrical, you must be like, what do you mean? It's got a, <laughs> it's a kind of magic. What, what like, does it even mean? Is he making a reference to the Queen album? <laughs> yeah, is, right? is this like a subtle, you know, record company insert advertisement? Yeah. Yeah. And the original cut, he made, he says, he goes, it's a kind of magic. And then he lights a lighter and he's holding a Molotov cocktail and he lights the <laughs> Molotov cocktail on fire and throws it down as he is. His, and she's like, goodbye to Russell Nash. <laughs> My life for you. <laughs> My entire life. Take my uh, all for you, Russell. All for you. <laughs> does she call him Russell Nash? Yeah, she says goodbye, Russell Nash. Why yeah, doesn't she? Does she? But does she ever call him Connor? I don't know if he ever introduced himself as Connor. He might have always introduced himself as Russell Nash. I mean, it depends on. That's weird. Not that far know. back. 
Really? Well, when when did you think he would never have told his child? I was say, do we remember what we talked about literally last episode? As no, far as I think it was like the twenties or something. I gotta look back at my notes. So Russell uh, Nash, the infant who died, was born October twenty second, nineteen forty five. So it was when he arrived back. I'm assuming. Like so she would have been Rachel, a little girl. He had to introduce himself as someone else besides Russell Nash when they met in what 1944 1945 germany right uh, oh of course his last name hello i'm rupert wallingford <laughs> and i'm here to rescue you <laughs> i'm english but he's had that house on or, you know the building on hudson street since 1796 yeah i yeah. think he so, went to the war oh he went absolutely as, he went as rupert he died and then he came back and took over russell nash's identity interesting or does he see war as the easiest way to re-up your lease? You yeah. die in the war. Do you think he died in a bunch of different wars? Oh, I like uh, that idea. Fiddle Roy Poppycock went off to war and, you know, and <laughs> this other guy came back and, you know, signed over all his stuff to him. Yeah, because Duncan McLeod in the show, he's constantly enlisting for wars because he always like, oh, I identify with this side of the conflict. I'm going to join up with them. It's really mm -hmm. because he's trying to launder his own identity constantly. Yeah, except that in the show, as I've mentioned before, he never changes his name. Duncan never changes his name because he's lazy. Just be just be Connor McLeod the fifth, the eighth. Yeah. He's like the James Bond of the Immortals. Yeah, just always James Bond. <laughs> He's always he's always running off to far flung adventures, having sex with random women and never changing his name. Meanwhile, <laughs> Connor is like Mr. Celibate over in New York with his fancy townhouse. And he's looking out the window at Duncan running around having sex with everybody. He's like, I don't know what you're doing, cousin. <laughs> After you have sex with a woman, you must take her to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> the most primal of places. Yeah. All right. I'm so excited to get into the last cut. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it, I, I can't believe we've almost done this entire movie and uh, I hope we've done it justice. Um, yeah. I guess, uh, you know, the reviews are still coming in. <laughs> <laughs> so but. listeners prepare yourselves because coming up next time, it's the final battle for the prize as Connor pursues the Kurgan to Queens where Brenda is being held captive aboard top silver cup studios. Blades will clash and destruction will rain down on the rooftop until only one immortal is standing. Because in the end, there can be only one. Here we are. I'm excited. I'm excited to see the end of this movie. I haven't yeah. actually watched the end of it in a while, and I don't remember how good the effects are. So yeah. since we last watched it. Since it's, we last watched it. Well, it's been a year. It's yeah. amazing how the final fight is just so much combat and so little dialogue. Mm -hmm. And then they pretty much just wrap it up with VO. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice. Any movie that starts with VO and ends with VO, probably not a great movie overall. Because because at the end, they're like, well, we, shit, we forgot to actually come up with an ending. We didn't shoot an ending. That's what it feels uh, like. It feels like they didn't know what to do at the end of the movie. when Because they had this amazing shot of you know the stuff exploding and stuff. We'll get to it. But yeah. I feel like they don't really know what that it's it's the eighties is crazy, man. The mid eighties really for, for third act <laughs> yep. movies. It's like SNL. They don't know how to end a, a skit. We didn't know how to end any movie. So the great <laughs> movies of the eighties 
some of them have these kind of bizarre endings where you're like, I guess that's the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look at the end of uh, 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 Princess Bride. Love that movie. The end is literally just a voiceover. And and now they now they added the end with the as you wish with the grandfather, which is perfect. But the mm-hmm. end of the actual movie part of it, where they're you know just kissing, you're like kind of like, that's really not an ending. And it's just great. It's so great. It's <laughs> it's so great that it shows like we don't know how to end stories. I I mean I could take this back to uh, uh, you know Karate Kid minute where uh, the beginning of Karate Kid Part Two was originally the ending of Karate Kid Part One. And they decided that it's best to end it, throw the credits up right after the fight's over. Should they have thrown the credits up after the fight with the Kurgans over? I guess we'll, we'll we can argue that. That would be time. actually yep. kind of pretty awesome. Just him, just him saying that could be only one, and it explodes, and then it's just like credits, credits. Yeah, who cares? We never see happens? Brenda again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never see anybody again if this nope. was like a standalone standalone movie. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Like we just got to make up our own minds of where it goes from here. But, All right, cool. Well, then we'll see you next uh, two weeks from now. Yeah. So if you want to uh, see any of us again, you can find us on our website, which is swordboys.biz. There you can find links to all of our social medias. If you haven't subscribed to any of those yet, uh, it is the best way to keep tabs on us. So I would suggest you do that. And uh, until and next episode. Some awesome videos that uh, you've been hosting. Yes. So until next episode, clink clang, clink clang, clink clang. Well, you guys want to go to the zoo?